God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into CityCast. I'm Ashley Studebaker alongside co-host here, Matthew Cray, where we aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. We are joined by two very special guests today. I'm going to let you both introduce yourselves. Uh, so go ahead. Me first? Who's first? <laughs> draw straw. I can go first. Uh, thank you all for having us today. Uh, my name is Tadian Page, and I've been with the City of Rock Hill as an employee uh, for the past seven months. So I started in the month of October of 2021. Um, and with that, I love to tell people that I feel as though I've been working with the city as a community member, community volunteer, and just really working to move our community forward. Uh, but within this official capacity, I serve as the community development coordinator within the Department of Economic and Urban Development. Um, so prior to coming to the city, I worked for Winthrop as a community outreach officer, public outreach coordinator, um, and came to Rock Hill for the sole purpose of Winthrop. So I thought I would graduate from Winthrop, move right out to Washington, D.C., live my best life. But I <laughs> fell in love with Rock Hill, and I've been here ever since and decided to plant my roots here. So I'm there still here go. today serving living this your community. Best life. In a sentence, still living my best life. <laughs> in a sentence, best you can, tell us what, like, what it is that a community outreach coordinator does. Yeah, um, build relationships and partnerships that create change. Cool. There you go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I like that. All right. Now let's toss it over to you, Elaine. Ah, okay. Elaine Wilmore, um, Community Development Coordinator in Economic Development, Tadian's counterpart. Um, I have been with the City of Rock Hill for nine years, eight of those years in our Neighborhood Services uh, Department. Um, prior to that, uh, I lived my best life in mm -hmm. Boston, Massachusetts, uh, but I actually grew up down the road in Chester, and so I'm excited to bring my experiences, many years of experiences, uh, to the Clinton Connection Action Plan. So, Tadian, you mentioned that you fell in love with Rock Hill. What was it? If you could sum it up, what made you fall in love with Rock Hill? Great question. So... For me, it really was the people of Rock Hill. So when I was a student at Winthrop, I started to get involved in life beyond campus, right? So for a lot of us that come to Rock Hill solely for college, we stay to the borders of Winthrop University. And I went beyond those borders, started to meet members in the community, such as Miss Elaine and some others who were doing great work here. And I started to immerse myself in what it meant to be within the culture and community of Rock Hill. Started to do that work with organizations such as Bell, uh, the Rock Hill Schools Education Foundation Board, and I wanted to stay and be a part of that change. Uh, it didn't hurt that we also are seeing massive amounts of development at the same time as well. So to be a part of a community so young of an age to say I'm a part of that growth and development means something to me. Um, so sticking around for that was also worth it. Nice. And thank you, Elaine. You let us know it is your birthday, Tadian. Yes. Woo, woo, Happy birthday. Woo, woo, woo. Happy you. birthday. You're celebrating we, by being it, on CityCast. Yeah, you're the first <laughs> podcast guest we've had who it has been their birthday. That yeah. wasn't a sentence, but no. you get what I meant. <laughs> yeah, you know what, what better way to celebrate. <laughs> what, what better way to celebrate? <laughs> so um, after we you know, get to know you guys, we turn it over to Matthew for some fun. So take it away. Yeah, so we're going to do, when we have two guests, we like to do two truths and a lie. And so the way this works is I've come up with three facts, two of them true, one of them not. For example, uh, I would say today is Tadian's birthday. Ashley has blonde hair. I am five foot two. 
and you would have to figure out if uh, visual effects on a podcast you know that's always the way to go uh, i'm not five foot two ashley does have blonde hair so that would be the lie so these are a little more difficult but ah. we're going to uh see how you fare i don't think anyone yet has gotten both okay correctly all right there are three times as many cows in montana as there are people in the oh in montana in montana oh, okay the most poisonous scorpion in the world the red fat-tailed scorpion was found in arizona back in 2017 the the first u.s appearance and can kill a human with its sting in a matter of seconds and kansas produces enough wheat in one year to feed everyone in the world for two weeks that's and which one true. is wrong one of these is a lie one of those is a <laughs> lie. I'm going to go, I think the scorpion is a lie because I feel like the first U.S. appearance appearance was before 2017. Yeah. And that's what I'm going off of. I just said scorpion, Arizona. So we have the three times as many cows in Montana as there are people. The most poisonous scorpion in the world, the red fat-tailed scorpion found in Arizona back in 2017 and can kill a human with its sting in a matter of seconds. And Kansas produces enough wheat in one year to feed everyone in the world for two weeks. I'm going to go with Montana and cows. Montana. It was the scorpion. That yeah. was my lie. I made that completely up. I probably ruined that. That part about it, the first appearance being in 2017, was not in my description. I just kind of said it, and that kind of ruined it. So, all right, we'll give this another try. This one is bird-themed. Fun with birds. All right. Pigeons can be rendered unconscious by drinking soda. Scientists discovered that the bird's anatomy does not allow it to digest the fizzy drink. Instead, the sugar rush knocks it out, but only for a couple seconds. The average man would need to eat around 285 pounds of meat per day if they had the metabolism of a hummingbird. Oh. And crows hold funerals not to mourn their dead, but as a way for them to talk about dangerous places to avoid. <laughs> Sorry, that's hilarious. So well, I'm gonna go with the crows. crows. The crows being the the lie. The um, lie. What's the what's the first one? Uh, pigeons can be rendered unconscious by drinking soda, but only for a couple seconds. Yeah, that's that's weird. I'm gonna go with that one. Pigeons was the lie. Congratulations, <laughs> you got both. Crows do hold funerals uh, yes. <laughs> for their own. How do we know it's for them to discuss how do where crows not to go? Talk. They the, chirp. The, you can discuss it with the researchers. Uh, who have put that time into figuring How this do out? No, like come on, I, I, y'all, y'all go look that up. You can argue with the researchers. There might uh, be Ashley is the winner today, yeah. but Ashley is the winner. Yeah. I think it was rigged, Tatum. <laughs> uh-huh. I swear I don't know them. I swear I don't know them. All right, so um, enough of that kind of fun. But what we're talking about today is still actually pretty fun. So you it guys is. are. For the city, the Clinton Connection experts, if you will. So can you give us kind of an overall of what this is just for maybe a first time listener of what's going on here? Okay, I'll take a stab at that. And um, so Clinton Connection Action Plan is a strategy, a vision, a movement Mm -hmm. for redevelopment of community and economics on the south side of Rock Hill. Um, it was a vision strategy initiative plan that was driven by the uh, residents of the south side of Rock Hill. Uh, Tady and I are servants, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, to the community to help implement this. 
You got it, boss lady. <laughs> I mean, I love how you brought in that last piece as well. That was going to be my only addition that I don't consider us to be the experts in this work, right? And I don't say that jokingly, but I think the experts of this work is the people within the community. Because more than anyone, the people within the community know what they want, and they know what they need, and also I go as far as to say what they deserve. And Miss Lane and I have made ourselves available through the city committing themselves to this plan to say we're dedicating dedicated staff to make this happen and move this into implementation. Um, so Miss Lane and I get to do that work every day. Yeah. It's hard work some days. Uh, but it's thorough work and it's fulfilling work because we're getting to better the full quality of life for people specifically within South Rock Hill. I know you guys weren't on the people who originally came up with this, but you're really spearheading it now. Uh, why, why develop the South Side? Mm. Or why, why start that initiative? Well, actually, I was part. You were. Okay. Of, um, well, I joined the committee pretty early on okay. uh, under uh, the direction of Jennifer Wilford. Uh, who was at that time Director of Housing and Neighborhood Services, uh, and I was uh, Neighborhood Empowerment Coordinator. Um, back in 2019, probably 2018, uh, if you recall, Opportunity Zones mm -hmm. were the big buzz, right? Uh, and so um, we, including the mayor, the community leaders on the south side, uh, thought that opportunity zones would uh, be the key to driving economic development on the south side. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. And primarily because it's old infrastructure. Um, and so people came, they talked, they left, and nothing happened. Then came Clinton Connection which did not start out as Clinton Connection. Uh, we did have our first meeting at Clinton College, uh, and there were a number of community leaders uh, involved in that, including Mr. Ernest Brown, uh, Melvin Poole, uh, Don Johnson, who at that point uh, was not chair of the Rock Hill Economic Development Council, but was about to step into that leadership role. So um, she was very interested because of the work that she had done uh, with Rock Hill Economic Development uh, and in her role as a small business owner and with Bell. And so uh, after a series of meetings uh, around February 2019, uh, Jennifer asked me to join them as a staff member um, behind the scenes, keeping the notes, making sure that things were happening. Uh, but it was at that time that this group came together to start this work. And there were other community, Antonio Michael, Tynetta Moore. There were community people who were at the table doing this work. And we came in to help guide and mm -hmm. Uh, provide resources is what I would say. So what are some of the areas, the South side is very large. Yeah. Um, so what are some of those areas that the plan hopes to improve specifically? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I mentioned that because as we're, uh, we did a tour earlier this week and people were thinking that we were out of South Rock Hill simply because we were off of Saluda Street or out of mm. Saluda Corridor. And to your point, Southside, specifically in terms of Clinton Connection, makes up about 3,000 of Rock Hill residents. 
So we're talking about a census tract that includes about 2,900 members of our community. So when you think about that, we're talking about everything inclusive of Saluda Quarter, but you're talking your South Central neighborhoods, your Flint Hill neighborhoods, College Downs, uh, Sunset Park, Crawford Road. Um, so essentially from your Saluda to your Helkel to your Albright, it's encompassing of all of those communities within. So as we think about that and think about those areas, the needs in those communities are very similar in a lot of ways, but then some of those needs are unique to those individual communities as well. So when we think about this encompassing plan that we talk about, the projects really are 30 in total that we really highlight and focus on as the main focuses of what the people are wanting for South Rock Hill. So those 30 projects are dispersed through all of those areas I just mentioned um, from a lens to make sure that we're covering all of South Side and not just speaking to one particular neighborhood or area within. So are, can you get specific with what are some of those uh, projects? Isn't it, isn't there what the, oh, I'm going to mess this up. The great eight. The, uh, yeah, is that it? Got it. Ding, ding, ding. I, I thought I had the adjective wrong. I thought it, I knew it was the something eight, but go ahead. Yep. You need to insert the hand clap right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Applause. We need a live uh, studio audience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So to your, oh, that would be cool. But to your point, um, so there's 30 projects in total, as I mentioned, and we had the open house back in June where we invited people to the campus of Clinton College to come and hear those, about those 30 projects. So community members were each given uh, $50,000 in fake money uh, to go around to those 30 projects and invest in the projects they really mm. wanted to see happen. So we've seen people who were trying to tear the money in half so they can put it into oh. more buckets. <laughs> uh, but once we kind of did that activity or simulation, rather, I'd like to say, we're able to really rank what Matthew just stated as the great eight project. So of those 30, the great eight with the most monies invested from that event became known as our great eight priorities. So of those 30, our grade eight represent, number one was housing and particularly mixed income housing, mm -hmm. right? So that's your affordable housing, your workforce development housing, all the way to just housing accessibility, right? So as we think about that, housing came in at number two, I'm number one, excuse me. Number two was the grocery or farmer's market initiative. So what many people may not know who do not live or reside within South Rock Hill is that there is no actual grocery store within South Rock Hill in particular. Right, so there's some in proximity where you can drive, sure, and get there, but many of us across the city of Rock Hill have the opportunity to just walk or either drive 20 seconds, 30 seconds mm -hmm. up the road to a Publix or mm -hmm. Harris Teeter. That's not the case for South Rock Hill. So many people in terms of within the community for quick access are going to your Family Dollar, your Dollar General, and or a convenience store for their everyday shopping needs, right? So that came in at number two in terms of a need. Uh, three was the elevation of the uh, Emmett Scott Center, uh, which is a cultural hub within South Rock Hill as well. Trying to go in order here, make sure I don't mix anything up. Four was the Bell Incubator for Economic and Social Impact, which become a space and place for productivity within South Rock Hill. So it's not just an incubator space just for businesses. It's a place where students from Clinton, Winthrop, your tech can come and work and enjoy free Wi-Fi. A oh, mom wow. in the community can get the free Wi-Fi and apply for a new job. But also the city is committing resources and looking at housing all of their workforce development initiatives and essentially renting out the entire second floor for those initiatives. Mm. So that's the great, um, the fourth project of the great eight. Number five was the McGurk Auditorium as a cultural hub, uh, which is at Emmett Scott. We have number six, focus improvements to Carroll and Scott Parks and Emmett Parks as well. Um, number seven, Clinton College wants to create a beacon center on their campus, which becomes a state-of-the-art facility for community use. Right, so everything from performing arts to a gymnasium to additional office and classroom space as well. And then lastly, which we consider to be a very important one as well, is strengthening connections between Knowledge Park 
and the Saluda Quarter as well. So many people, you know, as soon as you turn on Saluda, they think we're in a different part of town or in a different world, right? But it's right bumped up next to our um, downtown area. So how do we make sure that you feel that continuity between those parts of our community where it feels what we love to say a Rock Hill for all, that is truly just one Rock Hill. So how, this is huge. How long has this been in the works? <laughs> so um, I mentioned 2019, uh, February 2019. And actually there were a few meetings prior to that um, that helped to figure out sort of the geographic lay of what Clinton Connection uh, would cover. Um, so it was decided that if you look at how development has happened in the city of Rock Hill, York Tech is one of the educational institutions on the north side uh, that was very much a part of the development that was happening there. Then you head toward Winthrop. Winthrop was, is the anchor as educational institution for Knowledge Park area. And so there had been interest in doing some development on the south side around uh, Clinton College, which is an HBCU. And so it made sense to make Clinton College the anchor educational institution for Clinton Connection. And so we had that first meeting um, in February 2019. Um, in November, around November, Senator Scott uh, was coming uh, to Rock Hill to participate in some economic development discussions. And it was actually the first time that uh, the committee pulled together a presentation uh, to talk about the possibilities. Uh, and I, rem I remember that. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it Dr. McCorn? Was he up there? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. Oh gosh, well, great. You don't, it's hard to forget Dr. McCorn. <laughs> he did. <clears throat> and so um, he delivered the message that, you know, it's time to invest on the South Side. Uh, and from there, it just gained traction and mm. we've been off and running. All right. So that was 2019, you said, or since then we've <laughs> been through a pandemic the life as we know it has kind of changed i'm sure the plan has been tweaked a little since then what what are you guys doing now to try and move it forward well let me just share that <clears throat> so after 2019 we actually moved forward uh jennifer wilford offered uh up dollars to help us to help clinton connection committee uh, hire uh, an urban planner. Uh, and throughout the pandemic, as difficult as it was, um, there was lots of time and energy invested in communicating with, a, with people in the neighborhoods. So we did a lot of virtual uh, open meetings, virtual open house. Uh, we did small group sessions via Zoom. Uh, our urban planner flew in from Chicago and met with key leaders in the area. And so, yeah, that was a lot of work that eventually got us mm -hmm. um, to the great eight that Tadian just described. Uh, and all of this work uh, was as a result of getting feedback and communication 
from the people that live on the south side of Rock Hill, which is why we say and continue to say, because it is uh, a community-driven initiative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, in terms of the what's next, next is the work, right? So to the point, it's not easy, but it's easier to put together this beautiful plan that we have before us. It's easier to engage the community in asking them what they want. The real work becomes delivering on what they ask for. And when we began this work, I love how you asked the question of when did we start this? How did it come about? Clinton Connection in particular, to Mr. Lane's point, came about in 2019. But when we started this work, we came across plans for Southside redevelopment that were 10, 20, 30 years old that, are, that were collecting de- dust on the shelves, right? So one of the things we're committed to as individuals assigned to this assignment is making sure that doesn't happen with Clinton Connection that this is not as far as we get, just having a beautiful plan. So the the next steps is making it all happen. So what we're doing day in and day out, lots of meetings, uh, but taking time to engage with the community and developers and partners, investors to think about, hey, here's what the community wants. How can we move this into implementation? So a lot of our days are spent trying to move each of those 30 projects forward. So any given day could be a meeting about a grocery store to gardens in South Rock Hill, to urban farming, to retail stores, to so on and so forth, business development, how do we make our business practices as a city more equitable, how do we get government contracts for our black entrepreneurs within the city, so every day is a bit different, but it's starting to move the plan forward in a way that people can trust the work of our city, trust the work that we're doing, and trust that that voice did actually matter this time, and moving that forward. Because you mentioned, you know, these plans had been on the shelf for 10, 20, 30 years, which tells me we've been down this road before. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are saying, well, we've heard this before. It didn't happen. And is that a barrier you guys have had to uh, work with and push towards? Yeah, I would say yes. (laughs) Um, So but that's what we do. Right. That's part of this work. This is the big part, engaging community. You know, so I like to say we educate, inform, and engage. And on the engagement side, it's helping people to understand how they can own a piece of this plan because without them, it doesn't happen, right? So we do, you know, education for action, lunch and learns. Um, That is helping to let people know how to engage with their school board members, their county council members, our city council members, that you have a voice. Uh, And we are just servants that are trying to help move this forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let Tadian talk about, um, you know, the community forum that we just finished on Tuesday night. And our goal is to do that quarterly. And so I have this vision of by December, by the time we do the fourth, Uh, community forum the McGirt auditorium is full from front to back that means that we've done our job so if you want to talk a little bit about what that is yeah so to your point Matthew and to Mr. Lang's point just now a lot of this work is about engaging the community and one of the things I always love to quote and say is that we're not working on South Rock Hill we're working for and with the people of South Rock Hill And I think even that perspective and positioning uh, brings us to a different level of the work. So a huge part of this is engaging the people and understanding um, that the distrust, the discomfort, um, 
the lack of confidence that people have um, is longstanding, right? That it's not because of miscellaneous not only, but this is a national thing, right? Um, so how do we constantly work against that? And I think that's by proving results, providing results, but also engaging them in the process along the way. So with that, we did just host our quarter one community forum um, on March 22nd. And with that, we utilize that event to not just to educate people, but to educate people and inspire them into action. So one of the main things our focus was, was to how do we give, give people the re resources, the tools they need to be equipped enough to engage in this work of Clinton Connection and bettering their community. And when I say there, that's not only the people of South Rock Hill. This plan is good for all people of Rock Hill because if South Rock Hill is better, then we're all better because of it. So when we had the event, we had everything from um, an opening keynote, Ms. Elaine and I gave the overview of what the plan is, but then we gave people a chance to go into breakout sessions to really go into sessions to learn more about what they, lack of better words, really care about, right? Mm -hmm. Some things you care more about, if that's housing for you, if that's food accessibility, if that's childcare and education, so on and so forth, they really had a chance to go into those breakouts and get more information to see how they can engage. So we had a lot of our community partners come out as well in terms of providing information and resources to the community. We came back into the main auditorium and we did a state of the housing address, which is something our city has not done. So housing is an issue for everyone, whether you already own, whether you're renting, <laughs> whether you're trying to find something new, it's hard right now. Um, so Jennifer Winford, our director of economic urban development, gave an update of the state of housing for the entire city. Um, we did that and then we went into a Q&A portion. So it really gave chance for people just not to just hear. So we didn't want to call it a town hall. You're not just listening to us, but it's a forum and community engagement strategy for you to get updated and move you into action. So we had over 100 community members come out, That's awesome. participate. It's great. You know, we'll, we'll take that for the first one. But I'm with Missy Lane that every quarter we should build this thing up more and more. And that means we're doing our job well. Right. So bringing people into the fold but empowering those people to go out and bring more people into that fold with them the next time. So that by the time we're in December, that 1,200-seater auditorium is packed. Well, my family and I live in the South Side, so you can account for maybe yeah. a couple more in the next forum there. Awesome. No, seriously. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. So is that the best way for the community to be involved, or how are some other ways for the community to engage with you guys specifically and let them know their wants, essentially? Yeah. Well, you know, we continue to, to do community activities. For example, uh, back in December, uh, we did uh, a day at Carroll Park, which is one of the great eight projects. Uh, Habitat for Humanity uh, received a grant from Republic Services, uh, and they $100,000 of that grant in conjunction with PRT, our city of Rock Hill, PRT, uh, donated their share, and it was to upgrade the quality of the equipment and like seating and uh, playgrounds. They don't have a covered shed out there. We were just out yesterday. They have one, they're getting two. Um, and so when we have those types of community events, we want people to come out and get your hands dirty. I mean, mm -hmm. in December, there are probably 100 plus employees from Republic. And then there were the neighborhoods, Crawford Road, which is a, a, a neighborhood around that Sunset Park. All of those folks showed up uh, <clears throat> to help with 
the upgrades and the installation of new seating and things like that. We need people to come out for that, those types of activities and get engaged. I mean, that's what makes the difference. Elaine, I commend your focus as you give this uh, long, drawn-out thought. We have some construction going on next door, so if you're listening and something sounds confusing, that's what that is. But uh, that was we have background uh, music today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you guys are working every day with uh, whether you want to call them partners or other people to try and move this forward. Uh, you're you're pushing people to get involved. Um, two-part question here uh what are what are those people doing like what impact are they making what tangible difference if that makes sense because i guess to me it sounds like you're meeting with partners to push this plan along and get development started uh is that are you guys just driving the train and wanting people to hop on board and enjoy the ride or like how how does this move forward yeah, and we may tag team this a bit because that's, that's a loaded question, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So when we mm-hmm. think about development, a lot of development is private development. So right. when we look at Clinton Connection in particular, though, this plan is just as much public development as it is private and vice versa. So a lot of that is really just about how do we think about true community engagement that drives the results that we need. So a lot of this is relationship building, making sure people are interested in creating change, developing impact, that they have the right people at the table to help move that forward. And that's a lot of the work that we're doing. So Miss Elaine and I are not building <laughs> right, a new facility. We're bringing the right partners to that table who can help make that happen in a more easier and accessible way. So a lot of our work, again, to your point in question, is helping partners move their ideas forward based off of what the people are saying they want within this plan. So a lot of the things within the plan are already gaining traction, gaining momentum, and starting to move forward. There's a lot of housing. Again, I mentioned the greatest priority was housing. Within the next year or so, we're already projected to bring on 900 new units that'll be of affordable housing within the next year. Right. So those things are already within the work. And again, that's not just city housing, per se. That's working with our partners to help make that happen through incentives and so on and so forth. Um, We talked about the grocer. There's a local guy in the community or um, senior, Mr. Vincent James, who's in. Oh, oh, he owns Impact Change. Excuse me. And with his um, nonprofit, he focuses on community development. So he owns a piece of land that he's willing to use to attract a grocer to that spot of land. It's also going to house the bill incubated for economic and social impact. We're applying for grants for that currently. So there's a number of things already rolling. We have a a health grant through the federal government alongside Clinton College that was $3.5 million. Um, And we're looking to address vaccination hesitancy and COVID vaccination rates within South Rock Hill. So there's a lot of things to that point that I mentioned are already in the work. So from a partnership level, what we're taking is their vision. There's people, even Jonathan Nazir, can't leave that out, Victory Gardens. They're working alongside the city. The city donated them the old tennis courts at Emmett Scott to do some urban farming on that land, Mm. right? So a lot of this is how do we help move partnerships forward and be a model of what cohesiveness looks like? So that's what we get to do day in and day out. Some days that's heavier than others, right? But really creating a vision of what does cross-community collaboration truly looks like to better serve the people, and that's what we do. Right, and so when we talk about, um, like, for example, the Beacon Center at Clinton College. Mm -hmm. So I envision that as a center where we can bring national entertainment, right? And so people are not driving 
to Charlotte, you know, to see a great jazz performance or to hear the orchestra. They're coming to the south side of Rock Hill, to the Beacon Center, and with that comes, you know, people want to go out to dinner. So hopefully those are the types of things that will incent small businesses to want to open up on the south side of town. It's really to help drive economic development as well as community development. And so we are in, con we as the city, uh, the commitment from the city uh, is to help with the public infrastructure. And I was trying to avoid this, but I won't. <laughs> but the city council, the city has passed uh, the uh, tax Increment. Increment funding, the TIF, uh, and that helps rebuild the infrastructure, which was part of the problem with the Opportunity Zone uh, incentives. It wasn't ready for that no. type of development. And so we, you know, we bring to the table that we're trying to get city, council, uh, county council, and the school board to come along and participate in that TIF, uh, and that gives us funds to upgrade some of the public facilities on this side of town, but more importantly, things like stormwater. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to say, when I see big pipes, like I wanna see the big pipes on this side of town that we see off I-77 uh, at the Panther facility. Then we know we're ready to have businesses come into our community. And so our goal is to help not only the community, but the business community, those interested in entrepreneurship, uh, to know that to, there are opportunities um, to invest on this side of town. Yeah. So I don't think you can really put it, with all that's going on, a date on all of this stuff as far as when will it all be done. It seems like it'll be ongoing for a significant amount of time, which is a beautiful thing because of the progress that's being made so far. But how would you say you guys will be able to measure success with this? Mm. Yeah, I love that question because um, it's something I think keeps me up at night, right? It is the reason I said yes to this job. And I think we first measure that by people's upward mobility because of this plan. If we're not bettering people's entire quality of life, we have failed. If people, doesn't, if people do not have better job access because of this, if people do not have more access to capital because of this, if children do not have more exposure to a world beyond what they know because of this, if food access is not heightened because of this, if our health statistics are not better for South Rock Hill because of this, we have failed in part. Mm. So to your point, that's a huge lofty goal and vision, but I think anytime that the vision is smaller than that, we're dreaming too small. Mm. So we don't know a date. <laughs> we don't know all the numbers and data points to set to determine full success, but I think with every person and every family's life that we better, we're doing the work. So there comes a level of sensitivity with this work that I think is heightened, right? Um, but I think that's what's needed to make sure that we're giving the people what they deserve and what they're owed, right? So in terms of development happening, for me, I don't see anything, or excuse me, not anything, but everything happened within two years 
three years, four years. If that's the case, we're dreaming way too small, Mm -hmm. right? I think this is something that continues for generations to come. That as we think about Knowledge Park development, I don't think we see any limits on Knowledge Park. I don't think anyone thinks about when is it all going to be done. It's like, as long as they keep building, as long as they keep bringing more. (laughs) If they build it, we build it, they will (laughs) come type deal. So, you know, we thought at one point that just meant University Center. At one point, that was Mm -hmm. Knowledge Park, just building out that little quarter there and making it happen. Now we're seeing things pop up downtown like never before. I mean, we have the Herald site happening, Common Market happening, all these different, the part, I mean, everything is growing and booming around that, but because a central focal point was created. So we see Clinton connection to Mr. Lane's point, the first opening remarks as a vision and as a movement that is not limited to these 30 projects, but what sparks beyond those 30 as well. That was well said. Uh, Is is there anything else that we missed or that you guys would like to add? I had one thing um, when you talked about getting involved, right? I did want to hone in on that for a second. So there's a way to get involved, number one, just from an informational standpoint. So if you want to be informed and to learn more about Clinton Connection, there are two ways to engage with us. And please hear me that that's not just for people who live in South Rock Hill, um, but all of Rock Hill and even beyond to stay engaged with Clinton Connection. Two main ways. We do have a Facebook page, which is Clinton Connection Action Plan. We keep that up to date with happenings, things that are happening around the city. We share our business spotlights from Matthew over here and everything that are happening around our great city. So stay up to date with us via Facebook. Number two, the second way is we have a website. So we keep that updated with what's happening. There'll be blog posts on updates on particular projects. So as those make way to your question and point, you can constantly stay up to date with our website there. There's a subscribe button on our website. You can give us your email address. We send out email blasts weekly um, as things are happening so you can get that information. Also on our website, there's a calendar for upcoming events. So if you actually want to attend some events or that it's hybrid, in person, virtual, we'd love to see you engage with us there. And then also on our website, there's an opportunity to sign up as a social influencer. So one of the things we think about a lot is how do we truly reach people? Right. It's one thing to hope that you like Clinton Connection Facebook's page. It's one thing to hope you like the city's Facebook page. But if they're not liking the city's page, they're liking or they follow Tadian. They follow Elaine. They follow Mm -hmm. Matthew. So will you sign up to be a social influencer? We'll add you to our mail list as we have communications that we need to share with the broader community. We're also emailing that to you. Hey, Matthew, can you share this with your followers on Facebook? Here's the caption already. Here's the, nice. the picture. Okay. Can you help get that to your parts of your pockets of the community as well? So that's how you can stay informed and engaged through our website. And then lastly, in terms of engagement, I ask people to get engaged to their time, their talent, and their treasure. If you don't have the resources, somebody's listening and saying, oh, I can't build a grocery store. Right. right? I don't have the money for that. But how can you get involved in this work as a volunteer in terms of your time? That's just as important. Through your talent, if you have a skill set, hey, again, I can't own the grocery store, but... I'm an architect and maybe can dedicate two hours a week to the design and layout. Or, hey, I can't do this or that, but I offer this skill set. Your talent is just as important. And then lastly, if you do have funds, right? A lot of this work (laughs) is public. A lot of this work is driven by nonprofits and they can utilize funds to continue to move their mission forward as well. So through information, through your time, your talent and your treasure is how you can get connects Tid ah. <laughs> with the Clinton connection uh, as well. Applause button. Applause, yeah. <laughs> Live audience. But those are my points that I really wanted to end with because, again, this is a movement of vision and a reality that is only made possible for and by the people of this community. And I would just like to add before closing that the Clinton connection we got next is an extension of Knowledge Park, yeah. really. 
if you look at the core principles, the guiding principles for Clinton Connection, they are very much the same uh, as Knowledge Park. And so, you know, Knowledge Park as a vision has been happening for years. And we envision mm -hmm. the same thing for Clinton Connection. You know, I'll probably not be here forever. Tadian's a little bit younger. <laughs> A lot younger, actually. <laughs> um, so this is why we need to uh, get the community more engaged and bring along young people and people that have a vested interest uh, in seeing the community grow and change and prosper. Well, awesome. Thank you both so much for your time um, and your talent here. So. Um, yes, you guys are busy, but thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. We love telling the story. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill City Cast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.